What's up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my very own sunroom. For my viewers that are watching on YouTube, as you can see, this is a different look than my normal look in my parents' kitchen. Uh, I told you guys that, you know, obviously I moved into my apartment and everything. Um, this is my ring, for those of you who haven't seen it just yet. Um, pictures will be coming out later this week, man, for my wedding that we had in July. But <clears throat> excuse my, my voice, man. Uh, kind of went hoarse, and I think I'm getting a little sick, just a tad bit sick, but let's hop right into it, man. Season 3, episode 40 of Josh's Proximity. Now, this past week, we have had some interesting games, man. Uh, the Eagles, they look legit. The Dolphins came back, and they beat the Ravens. The Cardinals came back, and they beat the Raiders in overtime, and the Jets came back and beat the Browns. But the, one of the most interesting things that I've seen from this past week is the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are extremely bad. Uh, last night on Monday Night Football, Ryan Tannehill stunk it up. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, I know he had a QBR under 50%. And they just got demolished by the Buffalo Bills, who is obviously the best team in football right now, 41-7. to but this is what I will say about the entire AFC South. They are the worst division in the NFL. And we're starting to see that the two teams from the pre previous couple of years, the Colts and the Tennessee Titans, are starting to flip. And they're starting to be become the two worst teams in the AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars are out there winning games. Um, the Houston Texans, even without a... a Top-level quarterback are out there competing and playing hard. Lovey Smith, uh, he has arguably the worst team in the National Football League, but they're out there competing. And I called this last season once the Indianapolis Colts signed Matt Ryan. The one thing that we know about in the NFL, you need a quarterback to win games. I don't understand why the Indianapolis Colts continue to do these one-year quarterback rentals. Why do you keep mortgaging your, your draft picks, your first round, second round, third round, uh, where you can potentially select a, a quarterback and you can build him up around a young offensive line that is primed to win, a, a nice young running back that can, who, that can carry the load? Why won't you go ahead and develop a young quarterback instead of getting these one-year rentals? I stated last year that Matt Ryan was an old 36-year-old quarterback. And this year, he is still an old 37-year-old quarterback. You go down to Jacksonville and you get shut out 24-0. Now, obviously, you are missing your number one target, Michael Pittman. Um, Darius Leonard isn't playing right now for the defense. But to get shut out 24-0, it says two things. One, your offense is stagnant. And guys were trying to tell me that Matt Ryan was the solution to the Indianapolis Colts problem. No. As much trash as people talked about Carson Wentz, I know that he can at least go out there and make some plays either with his legs or he's going to throw a football. Yes, he's going to have his what the, what the F moments. But at the end of the day, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan right now. Matt Ryan is the bottom 15 quarterbacks in the National Football League. It's awful. This team, the Indianapolis Colts, are 0-2 right now. 
And then they go and they play Kansas City. 0-3. Well, they're not 0-2. They're 1-0-1-1. They tied against the Houston Texans. Like, this team is not good at all. People are trying to tell me Michael Pittman is a true number one. I'm not going to say that just yet. I still need to see a little more development. But there's just not – there's you replace a young quarterback with an older quarterback, and then you don't bring any talent around that older quarterback, you are not going to win football games. I don't give a damn how uh, your quarterback manages the football game. I don't care how quarterback friendly or how he can manage the football game if you don't have any targets with the old quarterback in today's game, you're not winning any, any, any games in the NFL. It's just not happening. Those days are long gone, man. The pocket passer dies when Matt Ryan retires. The pocket passer dies when Tom Brady retires. It's a new day and age. All of the top five quarterbacks that you see currently in the National Football League have some type of athleticism. Joe Burrow, if you want to throw him in. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. These guys have some type of mobility. Matt Ryan, I stated last year that he was an old 36-year-old in Atlanta. Ah, Josh, he just needs a new change of scenery. It doesn't matter if he goes to the damn the Buffalo Bills, bro. It does not matter. This guy is an old quarterback. It is time for Matt Ryan to just go ahead and just and just call it quits, man. He's a backup now as we're currently talking in the National Football League. And my, my other issue is with the Indianapolis Colts is everybody was telling me heading into fantasy football that Jonathan Taylor is universally regarded as the number one running back in fantasy football. Ah, Josh, they just have such a, a better team. They have such a better offense. Why? Because Matt Ryan's the quarterback? Saquon Barkley was my first pick in my, in my fantasy leagues and in, in all three of my leagues. He went round one, pick one in my, uh, my fantasy league with my Shaw football homeboys. And he, they look the exact same. That offense looks the exact same. If you ask me, Saquon Barkley is just a better overall back because he can catch the football better than Jonathan Taylor. That offense is legit the same. The offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts, yes, they are better than the New York Giants, but the quarterback play is the exact same. The weapons, if it's me, I'm actually going to say that the New York Giants have better weapons than the Indianapolis Colts right now. This team is in shambles, man. Um, I just want to just go ahead and just, just change it up just a little bit. A uh, couple weeks ago, put on Facebook, the Eagles, from a talent perspective, on their roster, is a top five talent. or well, Not even top five. I was just basically stating that they, they are scary. The Eagles on paper are scary. And now it is translating to the field. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC, and it's not close. They're better than the Buccaneers. They're better than the Los Angeles Rams. They're better than the 49ers. The Philadelphia Eagles are legit. Now, last week I had the Minnesota Vikings within my top eight and my top ten Joshua's proximity hierarchy. But what we saw last night from the for the Eagles 
to take away Justin Jefferson, for the Eagles to go out there and shut down the run game with Dalvin Cook, for the Eagles to go out there and digest the film of what the, the Green Bay Packers did wrong against the Minnesota Vikings and to turn around and only hold the Minnesota Vikings to seven points, this team is legit. And right now they are head and shoulders better than any other team in the NFC. Another team, uh, my homeboy Darius Ricks was telling me about this team, and, and several other players were telling me, several other of my, my good friends, uh, football fans, were saying, Dan Campbell is the coach. I was on record stating I don't believe he's the guy. Man, was I wrong about Dan Campbell. I was, I've been watching the Hard Knocks. I, for some reason, there was just something about me. I just could not get sold on Dan Campbell. But, man, he has this Lions team playing great. They're playing great. They came back last week against the Eagles, made it a game late. They dominated the Washington Commanders out the gate. Uh, they got another matchup against the Minnesota Vikings this week. It's going to be a, a hard-fought matchup. The Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, they look really, really good right now. They might be the best team in the NFC North. That's not an over. That's not an overstatement. That's not a exaggeration. That team is really good, and Dan Campbell has them boys playing well. Um, uh, let me go ahead and talk about coaches within the National Football League. One of my favorite sayings from one of my college coaches, Coach Manigo, was saying, "Special teams can win you two and lose you two. Not even just that, coaching staff." Coaching in general plays a huge success within football teams, within any sports, basketball, uh, baseball, managers, um, soccer, track. Getting coaching is essential for the team success or for even an individual success. Right now, the Carolina Panthers do not have the coach. I have been stating this. Since we have signed Matt Rule, it is time to fire him. He is 10 and 25 in his first three seasons in the National Football League. David Tepper said as soon as he took over the, the, the Carolina Panthers that he wouldn't handle mediocrity for long. Well, hello. This coach is mediocre. 10 and 25 in your first 35 games? There is no change, man. The Carolina Panthers are 1-24 when we allow teams over 17-point scoring. Up under Matt Rule. That is not players. It is players to some, some responsibility. But 1-24, that is a huge indictment on the, the coaching staff in the Carolina. This team is awful. I mean, I was going to wear my Christian McCaffrey jersey on this episode, but I didn't even want to do that because we stink so bad. I mean, the schedule for the Carolina Panthers remaining is, it is crazy. I mean, we this week, who do we got? Uh, we play the New Orleans Saints, man. We still got the Cincinnati Bengals. We still got the entire NFC West. That's the Rams. That's the Cardinals. That's the Seahawks. That's the 49ers, man. If we lose this week, which I do believe that we will lose against the New Orleans Saints at home, Matt Rule will be without a job starting next week. I mean, this is 
This is bottom of the barrel. I don't understand why we even hired him as a coach to begin with. He was 0-11 against ranked opponents in his college coaching career. Where the hell did they even get this dude from? 0-11 against ranked opponents says that you cannot win if you don't have talent. And the Carolina Panthers are surrounded with talent. It's just coaching, bro. You do not belong on this level. And it is okay. It is okay. I promise you, Matt Rule, it's okay. But you just don't belong on this NFL level. Your first move as a head coach is to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year contract worth $63 million and you cut Cam Newton? That let me know off gate that this dude wasn't the guy for us. And then the next year you turn around and sign Cam Newton. We need to go ahead and just go ahead and just let go of uh, Matt Rule. It's time. Another coaching, uh, another coaching blunder is out there in Denver. What the hell are the Denver Broncos doing? Third and one, they do a tight end triple option? Or a tight end option? What am I watching? Yo, these coaches, some NFL coordinators just don't need to be a, a head coach. And that's okay. Uh, what's this boy's name? Nathaniel Hackett does not need to be an NFL head coach. And it is okay. Going into this season, the Broncos were the most overhyped team in the NFL. I was a part of that hype train. I had to be in my top 10 before the NFL season started. The Denver Broncos are awful. Nathaniel Hackett is awful. They're, they're, they're going to be under 500. I'm just sorry, man. Hey, Jerry Judy just got hurt. They're going to be under 500. They have no sense of running the football. I don't understand what the hell is going on on an offensive standpoint. This team is awful. This team is going to be under 500. Russell Wilson is going to miss the playoffs. And Nathaniel Hackett... I'm not even going to say he's going to get fired in his first season, but next year, if, if we don't see some substantial changes, this guy's got to get let go. Awful. Um, I'm, My next segment, we're going to get into Josh's proximity hierarchy, my top 10 heading into week three. But before we do that, I just want to just go ahead and list my top two teams in the AFC and the NFC. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills – they're going to be my number one team with my top ten. They're head and shoulders the best team in the National Football League. And the number one team right now as we're currently sitting is the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC. <clears throat> but let's go ahead and let's go ahead and drop that Josh's proximity top ten. Now, before I release my NFL top ten heading into week three, I just I just want you guys just to get understanding of how my top 10 works. One, it is not predicated off of record, okay? I don't care if you're undefeated, if you're not a good football team, or if you're playing some slaps, I'm just not going to throw you on here because you have a 2-0 record. It's just not going to happen. So it's not predicated off of record. I've always looked at the schedule and what teams you have played the prior weeks, and what does your team look like either in wins or losses and what type of tape are you putting out on the field Sunday after Sunday? So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Josh's Proximity's top 10. At number 10, the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen is hurt. Justin Herbert is hurt. 
this team is still a top 10 team regardless. Their defense, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, they should have went up there and they should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they were missing a couple pieces, but at the end of the game late, they just they're they're they're, they're that they're very very close to overcoming the Chiefs uh, in the AFC in the AFC West, but they just need a little more something. I don't know exactly what that something is, but number ten, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number nine, the Dallas Cowboys. This team defensively is stout. Michael Parsons right now is the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. It's not close. Has four sacks in two games, two sacks a game. And the offensive standpoint, they just need to continue just to go through Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And we need to see a little more emergence of CeeDee Lamb, all right? Number nine, Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at the San Francisco 49ers, yes, Trey Lance got hurt, but... (laughs) We all know that the players, they mess with Jimmy G. Jimmy G just took this team to an NFC Championship game last year. A couple of years ago, he took them to the Super Bowl Championship. This team is, they will start to show that they are a top three team in the NFC. At number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they did go up there against the Miami Dolphins, and they were up 35-14 with 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You cannot lose that game, Lamar Jackson. You cannot lose that game, Jim Harborough. I don't care if it's your defense. Your offense still has to go out there and put up points. You put up 35 points. Nothing changed from an offensive standpoint. Yes, I think that their uh, left tackle got hurt, but that was early in the game. They still put up points. So from a schematic standpoint, the – the Baltimore Ravens, they got to go out there and they have to execute. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Number six, the Los Angeles Rams. This team, Matthew Stafford, I don't care if he won a championship or not, man. He is going to leave the game with at least two turnovers a game, bro. Once again, looks like a deer in headlights. Getting Cooper Cup happy. Two interceptions. This Rams team is, ah, man. They, they might be eliminated within within either the wild card or the divisional round. Number six, the Rams. Number five, the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers suck from an offensive standpoint. They have won their first two games solely on defense. Tom Brady does not look the same. He has some serious issues going on at home, and it is affecting his play at number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. This team is the best team in the NFC, and it's not close. They're great on defense. Their defense is behind their offense, but Jalen Hurts looks good. The addition of A.J. Brown has took Jalen Hurts and an offense to another level. Devontae Smith is coming to his own. Uh, The running game, Miles Sanders still needs to touch the ball a little more. Uh, Boston Scott can still run the ball, but at number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are 2-0. Tua Tugavailoa looks like everything Mike McDaniels and uh, Tyreek Hill said that he was. Six touchdowns. He had two interceptions against the, um, the Baltimore Ravens. He came back down 21 in the fourth quarter, and they won. Both of his receivers had over 11 catches. Both had over two touchdowns. Both had over 150 receiving yards. 
The Miami Dolphins are the third best team in the National Football League. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what do we need to say? They go out there. They beat the the Los Angeles Chargers. They don't have any weapons outside of Travis Kelsey, but Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, the front runner for the MVP, him and Josh Allen and Tua, you can throw in there. Kansas City Chiefs, number two team. And the number one team is the Buffalo Bills. This team, man, they are head and shoulders better than any other team in the National Football League. The last two games, they have outscored their opponents 72-17. to This is why Josh Allen is the front runner for MVP. This is why I chose the Buffalo Bills to win it all and why I've been push- pushing the Buffalo Bills bandwagons bandwagon for the last couple of seasons. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. Ten Chargers, nine Cowboys, eight the 49ers, seven the Ravens, six the Rams, five the Bucks, four the Eagles, three the Dolphins, two the Chiefs, and number one, the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> getting into the matchups. Before I get into the matchups of this week, let me just go ahead and just say my top five MVP frontrunners right now. Number one, Josh Allen. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three, I'm going to say Tua Tagovailoa. Number four is going to be Jalen Hurts. And I'm going to throw a defensive player in there, Michael Parsons, just because, man, just to shake it up. But let's go ahead and let's get into these matchups for this upcoming week. Thursday night football game, uh, uh, AFC North legacy throwdown, Browns versus Steelers. Jadavian Clowney's not going to play in Thursday night's football game. I like the Steelers in this matchup. Uh, AFC East matchup, Bills versus Dolphins. Uh, Quick turnaround for the Buffalo Bills. Going down south in the heat. Whoo! This might be a shootout, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, though. Bengals versus the Jets. The Bengals need need to... Turn it around and turn it around fast. I like the Bengals in this matchup. Raiders versus the Titans. The Raiders have gave up two win, two possible wins in the last two weeks. I think this is the week that they secure their first win up under Josh McDaniels. I like the Raiders versus the Titans. Saints versus the Panthers. This is the week that Matt, Matt Rule's NFL coaching career is on the line right now, this week. With that being said, I'm going to Orleans Saints. <clears throat> Ravens versus the Patriots. Patriots don't have anything offensively. I like the Ravens in this matchup. Lions versus the Vikings. Whoo! Man, this is this is going to be a good. I'm sorry. This is this is going to be another good matchup, man. Um, mm. Dan Campbell, I just whole, had a whole soliloquy about him and how he has this team playing well. They are in Minnesota, however. I'm going to go with the Vikings, man. I think if they were in, in Detroit, I would go with the Lions. But I like the Vikings in this matchup. Eagles versus the Commanders. I don't see anybody slowing the Eagles down right now in the NFC. So I'm going with the Eagles. Chiefs versus Colts. Even if Darius Leonard is playing, that offense looks horrendous. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, Texans versus the Bears. Mm. The Texans will get their first win on this week. Jags versus Chargers. Mm, is Justin Herbert playing? If he is, give me the, the the Chargers. If he isn't, I like the Jags. But with that being said, I'm going Chargers. Rams versus Cardinals. 
Matthew Stafford is going to give you two, but from an offensive standpoint, the Arizona Cardinals don't have anything. I think James Conner is going to be hurt. Give me the Rams in this matchup. Packers versus Bucks in Tampa Bay. The Bucks defense right now is top two, and they might not be two. It's the Bills and the Bucks vying for the best defensive team right now in the NFL. The Packers just don't have enough offensively. Give me the Bucks. Falcons versus the Seahawks. Two smelly teams. Woo! I like the Falcons in this matchup, man. They closed the game last week against the Rams. Very, very, very. They, they did a nice job. I'm going to Falcons. 49ers versus the Broncos. Give me the 49ers in this matchup. Jimmy G, revenge tour. George Kittle is going to ball. Cowboys versus the Giants, Monday night football. Give me the New York Giants, man. Saquon Barkley is going to have a game. Over 200 total scrimmage yards. Giants win this matchup. And as always, that is how we're going to end episode 40. Damn, I'm on season three, episode 40 already of Josh's Proximity. Week three. Let's get it, baby.